I'm recording this on a Tuesday earlier today in New York, in Brooklyn. A man who is right now unknown got onto a subway car and a platform in a subway station and set off a smoke bomb, put on a gas mask, and then began to shoot. And there's a lot that is not known right now. There are 16 people that are being treated. Ten of them have been shot. And once again, we're left wondering, how can such a thing happen? And where is God in the midst of this? This is real fresh for me because Nancy and I, two days ago, just got back from New York. And we were there with friends. And we rode the subway all around Manhattan and took it to Queens when we were not even trying to. And a few of us ended up on a car going to a game that was so crowded, I don't think you could have packed another person on there. And that sense of vulnerability and the fragility of life in hearing a story like this is something that all of us will share at moments. And then beyond that, there is the compassion for the people who go through this. These are real people, not just names in a newspaper. And somehow when there's an unusual story like this, it... Uh, elicits great response and strikes people in the heart. And yet, in our country alone, 80 people die of murder every day. But we do not read their stories, and we do not hear their names, and so it does not strike us with the same depth. And then beyond that, there is this sense that we should be able to do something, and you will hear statements like that all the time. William Barrett wrote a book several decades ago called The Illusion of Technique. And one of the great illusions in our society, it goes back as far as Babel, is we ought to be able to fix this. We're smart enough. There should be some kind of legislation or some kind of education. And yet, and yet, and yet. So I thought this would be a good day to reflect for a few moments on the cross. And why it is that Jesus went to the cross and why it is that the story of the man on a cross is the hinge of human history. We're walking together. We in the Fellowship of the Withered Hand through Dallas Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart. And one of his very striking statements that I think is good to read again during Holy Week is that one of the most glaring evidences of the bankruptcy of contemporary ethical thinking is its inability to face up to evil. He writes on page 58, when the flood tides of evil break across the television screen or wash the pages of media in what is now called news, people roll their eyes helplessly and say, why? They never say why when something good happens. But they would if they ever faced up to the reality of the ruined soul. There's a book by Fleming Rutledge uh, that is simply called The Crucifixion. And she says, at the heart of the story of the cross is this reality that in our world, something is terribly wrong and cries out to be set right. And we cannot set it right. And that doesn't mean that we should not try to the contrary, passivity in the face of evil uh, apathy or a lack of caring or a lack of involvement is a great indictment against any of us. And yet, and yet, and yet, and yet. It brings us back to the cross. She writes, teaching about the cross is very hard work. We see something of this in Paul's second letter to the Christians in Corinth, where Paul drains himself of every mental and emotional resource 
in hopes that their trust in the gospel will be renewed. Taking up the cross, as Jesus himself called us to do, means a total reorientation of the self toward the way of Christ. And I think about that today as I hear again a story of evil in the world. It is very tempting to view the world as a script in which there are villains, there are bad guys, and then there are victims, and then there are people like me, innocent spectators. But that is not the message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is that we live in a kind of moral and spiritual ecosystem, and it is shot through with evil, and that evil is around me, but that same evil is inside of me, and I cannot make it go away. Taking up the cross as Jesus called us to do means a total reorientation of the self toward the way of Christ. Long before he knew his own destiny, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who would die for his faith, memorably wrote, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. The crucifixion, she writes, is the touchstone of Christian authenticity. The unique feature by which everything else, including the resurrection, is given its true significance. The resurrection is not a set piece. It is not an isolated demonstration of divine dazzlement. It is not to be detached from its abhorrent first act. The resurrection is precisely the vindication of a man who is crucified. Without the cross, at the center of the Christian proclamation, the Jesus story can be treated as just another story about a charismatic spiritual figure. And God knows there have been enough of those down through the centuries, and they're often wonderfully inspiring, but they do not stick. They do not lodge in the heart or capture the imagination or convert the soul the way that this story does. It is the crucifixion that marks out Christianity as something definitively different in the history of religion. It is in the crucifixion that the nature of God is truly revealed and that that nature at its core is one of suffering love. And we remember and wonder and think and reflect on the cross again this day during this week when we read yet another story. There is a song that is sung in many churches, particularly during this week. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? And it is sung at a number of levels. At the most literal level, no, of course, I wasn't. It happened a long time ago, and neither were you. And yet at some deeper level, because we are a part of a humanity in which something has gone wrong that cries out to be set right and we cannot do it. The illusion of technique is not powerful enough because that evil is inside me because the anger and the selfishness and the greed and the apathy and the blind eye is all inside of me in some way, in some way, in some way. Yeah, I was there. And so were you. And then there's another layer yet. As you may know, that song, Were You There?, was first sung by slaves African-American slaves, and those words reminded them of their solidarity with this one. Were you there when they whipped him up the hill? Were you there when they nailed him to a tree? And they knew what it was like to be whipped, and they knew what it was like to be hung from a tree. And so this song was a reflection of a sense of the way that it is possible for people who have been stripped of all dignity, 
who suffer enormously to be given dignity, to be met in their suffering by the crucified one who himself was shamed, whose murder uh, went unaddressed and unavenged. And then that song poses kind of a challenge as it did when those slaves would sing it, were you there? If you were there, if you saw the one who was crucified that you claim to worship, then you would not claim to own me. Then you would not beat me or whip me or say that I was something less than human. You would not degrade me. You would not rob me of my freedom. You would not destroy my family. You would not deny me the ability to read. No, I don't think you were there. I don't think you were there. I don't think you were there. It's a very challenging question. In a world where something has gone terribly wrong and cries out to be set right, we reflect again the uniqueness of the Christian message that it is about a God who not only became flesh, who not only was resurrected, but who chose to die. A shamed, degraded, humiliated, criminal slave death on a cross. In that song, as it was originally published, there were four verses. Uh, it was not until sometime later that the happy Easter verse was added, were you there when he rose up from the grave? That day will come, but it's not today. There is a time to live on Friday and to think about the cross and God's willingness to enter into death and his call to me while I die to my own project, while I enter into the suffering and the sacrifice of Jesus, while I mourn with those who mourn, will I, as God allows me, not be apathetic, but actually seek to be a part of what God is doing to bring his love, especially to those who are whipped and nailed and oppressed in this world. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? I want to invite you to take a few moments and reflect on the mystery of the cross, on what it is that has gone wrong in our world, what God was doing in Jesus. I'll see you next time. Well